Hello and welcome to Murder Behind the Movie. Your favorite podcast where we talk about horror movies and the true story behind them. How come you always get to do the first part? Because uh, that's the way we do it now. And strap <laughs> up because this is a long one, guys. I realized that I confuse Zodiac and the Son of Sam and there's somebody else who got caught because they called the police and said, Oh, that's BTK. Oh, see, I feel like I always confuse them because they all like sent or wrote letters. Yeah, but they were all very different though. Like, I, I don't know much about the Son of Sam, but BTK was like my first serial killer I ever knew anything about. And even him and the Zodiac are just different. Um, the Zodiac, but he mostly sent stuff of, to the police, didn't he? Yeah, and but Zodiac's different just because of the whole puzzle part of it. BTK yeah. got caught because he's an idiot. BTK got caught and said, hey, if I send in a DVD, can you guys trace the DVD? And they were like, no, we can't trace that. It wasn't a DVD, was it? it? Yeah, and it was, it was like it was a, a VHS. CD. No, it, it was like a... I don't think so. What year? That was like in the... 70s no it wasn't btk got caught in like 2004 oh really yeah now i feel like i gotta double check that it was actually 2005 i just checked so that's it but he asked them can you trace dvds and they're like no of course not so he sent in a dvd and they traced it back to the church that he made it at the church he worked at he was like the high bishop whatever at the church he worked for and they traced it to that and that's how he got caught well the son of sam i actually one of my other podcasts that i like a lot called true crime obsessed they did an episode about a documentary about uh son of sam and he was in the 70s just i mean he was a little bit after the zodiac happened but he um got caught because his car sat in a spot and got a ticket because it was sitting in front of a hydrant. Sitting in front of, hy- of a hydrant right by where someone else was killed, one of the murders happened, and they were able to see, oh, this guy was sitting here all day and he's from Yonkers. Why was he in uh, the Bronx? Why was he there? Right. And they traced it to him, looked in his car. Four police officers went to his house, looked in his car, and saw a bunch of guns. There was like a whole duffel bag full of guns, and they... But there was only four of them, so they were like, if his car looks like this, what's his house going to look like? We don't want to go inside of his apartment and get ambushed. So they waited for him to come outside, and he came outside and got in the car, and the police came over and surrounded him and put a gun in his face, and he said, what took you so long? Right. He turned and looked at the officer and smiled and said, what took you so long? Well, yeah, and what the three of those guys do have in common, though, is all three of them named themselves. And I'm sorry, but if you have to name yourself, you're a douchebag. Right. Well, they were calling him some kind of gunman or something. Well, yeah, because it's crazy he had all those guns because the thing about the son of the Sam, son of the Sam, son of Sam, is he used the same gun in every murder, and that's what traced him. So I don't know why he had a whole bag of guns anyway. He used the same pistol or whatever in every murder. But anyway, I get them confused because they all like wrote letters to people or did had right. were in contact with the police or some yeah. whoever and the thing and what separates zodiac 
MBTK from Son of Sam is their longevity. Zodiac, obviously, he was never caught, and his yeah. murders only went for like four years or so, whatever it was. Yeah. But he wrote letters for a decade. BTK killed a while, went away for a while, killed again, and then went went away for 15, 7 years, whatever. That's and crazy. And then just wanted to mess with the media again, and that's how he got caught. So, I don't know. That's what Son of Sam got caught kind of like in his murdery prime, you know? Right. <clears throat> All right, we ready to dig into this? We are uh, talking about the Zodiac today. Yes, the Zodiac, according to IndieWire website, is one of the most accurate based on true story movies. Yeah, so this is, we might we might end up doing this a little differently because one, this movie is so long and it's going to take me a long time. Two, and if it is that accurate, it's going to be pretty dead on to everything she says. So right. she might chime in with some info. I have a bit info. of a, a timeline that, we're gonna go, that I'm going to go through at the end, but it's going to be kind of quick because a lot of what is true is what's covered in the movie. So I really will focus, I'm, I'm going to put my two cents in as we go through, but um, I'm really going to focus on the end about different suspects that were uh, looked at because there aren't very many suspects that the movie looked at and uh, different differences, real differences between the real life story and the movie. Zodiac came out in 2007 and was directed by David Fincher. Um, And if that name sounds familiar to you like it did to me, it's because this guy also directed Seven with Brad Pitt. Oh! He also directed Gone Girl. What's in the box? Nice, nice. (laughs) Gone Girl, that's a good one too. Gone Girls, and he uh, and he directed Netflix Mindhunter. What yeah. Mindhunter? And that's just to name like the biggest three, let alone all the other stuff he probably that's did. That's crazy. And because I knew, I'm like, man, David Fincher, that sounds familiar. So I looked him up, and he has some great movies on his resume. Anyway, so Zodiac screenplay was wrote by James Vanderbilt, and the movie stars Jake Gyllenhaal as a guy named Robert, Mark Ruffalo as Inspector David. And my main man, Robert Downey Jr. as Paul. Oh, you love him. I do love Robert Downey. <laughs> Zodiac had a, or has, a 89% Rotten Tomato score, which makes sense given how, like, the talented cast they have and that good director. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. Uh, whenever they were making this movie, the filmmakers were very careful uh, to compile a lot of resources and reports to ensure that their depictions of the murders were very accurate. They had access to old police files, uh, to rec- recreate the scenes, and they even tried to recreate the victim's clothes as in the scenes as well. Um, and even, like, the Chronicle's office that they use is actually really accurate to what it was. Movie opens up in 1969, and I think it's the 4th of July because there's fireworks going off, and this chick drives up to this house and picks this guy up, and she's like, yo, I'm hungry, let's go get some food. Then she <laughs> drives right past a fast food place, and please, I, I type fast. I'm then watching a movie. Dreams. I'm watching a movie and I'm trying to type. There's so much happening. Anyway, Maybe I just shouldn't look at your computer. Yeah, don't look at my stuff. Anyway, so she drives right past this food place. She's like, that's too crowded. Let's go someplace quieter. And she's like, she's trying to get some. And I'm like, good for old boy. He doesn't even realize it. Like this like poor innocent fella. She's trying to hook up. And he's like, oh, I thought you were hungry. Like she, You know what she's hungry for. Oh. Yeah, boom. Anyway, so they go to some old school, like, makeout spot, and then this creep car pulls up and just sits there. And the guy goes, yo, is that your husband? And I'm like, ah. And like, uh. I'm like, oh, that like that really threw me off. <laughs> um, anyway, the car drives away, and then the car comes right back out, and a dude pops up, and a dude kills him. Pop, pop, shoots them both. Uh, it shows a cop pulling up, 
and looking at the bodies as it plays a 911 call over it. And it was the Zodiac reporting the murder saying he also killed the kids last year, which we don't really know anything about that yet. Turns out that, that the guy survives that, though. Oh, he did? Which, like, I didn't realize that well, until the like, end. You kind of, like, saw him pulling in or getting into the back seat. Yeah, and then he but comes then he back. he shot and killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he shot him again. Exactly, he did. He shot him again. I, he, I don't know. Maybe bullets were weaker than 69. I don't know. But, uh, obviously, that's a joke. Please don't hate on me for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we get uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Robert. He works for a newspaper. <laughs> Man, works for a newspaper you place. Type. I, like, there's so much happening. I'm trying to watch a movie. And anyway, he works for this newspaper place as the cartoon artist guy, the cartoonist. It played like a montage of him getting ready to go to work and getting his kid to school and like buying his coffee and getting into his like work setting. And it just seemed like kind of a funny montage. And uh, we get our first intro to Robert Downey as he plays like a Tony Stark slash Sherlock Holmes character as this reporter. So he's like snarky, but smart, you know? Well, I guess Iron Man's smart too, but like like Sherlock smart, you know, detective smart. Anyway, so <laughs> so it's literally just the detective or the Sherlock part honestly, because he's a detective. Yeah, I think it's just Robert Downey being himself. Honestly, <laughs> I think that is what it is uh, too. And he's making he's making some joke about this girl as like the secretary comes in and brings in the first Zodiac letter. He stated facts about the murder only the killer and cops would know, and he wants them to publish a cipher in the paper, and it says he says it'll give his identity. Um, and he's saying that he will kill 12 teens if they don't publish it. And Paul, who's Robert Downey's character, calls the police station trying to confirm that there was a murder last year on Christmas and this one, whatever. And the cop just says, oh, crap, you got one, too. So, boom, it's ha like, you know, what I mean, places, places are getting these letters. And that's when they make the decision to put it on page four. <gasps> boom, boom. But does it? Did he, did uh, Zodiac say that it needed to be, like, front page, or? I don't think he specified. Oh, okay. Uh, now we see a bunch of people trying to crack it. Like, the FBI, the CSI, CSI, C, what's the other CIA? CIA, there it is. Uh, CIA, and even Robert. Now, every time I say Robert, no, I'm talking about Jake Gyllenhaal's character, the cartoonist, not Robert Downey. And I'm not even going to mention Robert Downey like by name anymore. He's Paul. I just want to show that out there because I got to be honest, writing it, I was confusing myself. Yeah. You know, so I just, just want to specify that now. Uh, so Robert, he, even he tries to crack it. And he pins the cipher to a board in his house and he's trying to get it. And it turns out that this teacher cracks it and it doesn't even give his name, but it goes on this long rant about how fun it is to kill people and about how he's collecting slaves in the afterlife. And what? yeah, right? Crazy. And it's really long, but Paul brings it to Robert to show him because he told them he wasn't going to give his name. You know, so Robert knew, hey, he's not going to give his identity. No matter who signs this, it's not going to happen or ciphers it, whatever. Uh, no way. Yeah. Right. And then, but then Paul's like, yo, how'd you know that? You're just a cartoonist. Why are you clever, basically? So that's interesting and something we're going to have to keep an eye on. We see this couple laying in a lake and they seem older, mid 20s, whatever. And the girl just is like, hey, uh, there's a guy over there. And he's like, yeah, it's a beach, duh. And she's like, nah, bro, he's watching us. And he's like, yeah, people, people watch. And she's like, yeah, but he's also got a gun. Is that normal too? Duh. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, no. And like hops up. And. Because that's how it felt. And the dude was dressed up in all black 
with like with the zodiac symbol which is like like crosshairs thing you know yeah uh on his chest and he pops up and asks for their money and stuff and to me it's it's not but to me this seems like a copycat because that didn't happen at fir- the first murder he wasn't robbing them and stuff so it yeah. seemed weird he'd be in this whole get up asking for all their stuff right um he has the girl well t- it was also this one happened like in the middle of the day didn't it yeah yeah and uh so he has the girl tie the man up and he ties her up and robs them and the guy was like hey man it gets cold at night we'll die then i think fake <laughs> i thought he was fake zodiac i think fake zodiac just starts stabbing them which also doesn't seem very Zodiac. Yeah. So this doesn't feel like the real Zodiac to me. But Well, maybe that's someone who just was taking advantage. I don't right. know. I feel like there's a lot of different uh, murders in this right. that they weren't sure if they I were actually Zodiac. I think there was the Zodiac. two Zodiacs. You think so? I think there was two Zodiacs. Anyway. Um, but that whole thing is something that was different. Because though the events is what actually happened, they make it really seem like they were in a romantic relationship. But they weren't. They were just friends. That yeah. guy and that girl. So friends go lay at the beach together? Nah, bro, there's something fishy going on no, there. No, because he survived, and he insists that... Was he married were... or something? And he's no, like, no, she was just a friend. They just... He insists Whatever. that they were just friends. They were canoodling. That's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, so that really felt like a copycat, because it just... Everything about it was so different. Um, but it plays the 911 call again, and the guy who was stabbed actually survived. And so, yeah. And there was a cipher on the side of the car. So I guess it was the real guy. Um, It plays a radio show over the footage. And callers are calling in arguing about if they are scared of the Zodiac or not. And one dude's like, nah, man, I'm not scared. I'm more scared about the dang hippies that dress weird. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that seems fitting, I guess. Um, This guy's a serial killer. Uh, We now get introduced to Mark Ruffalo, who is being called in to investigate this one murder uh they say it's the botched robbery um this dude was killed in a taxi cab and uh the dude stole the wallet and ended up stealing a car a guy was shot once in the head and david found a bullet casing which happens to be the same gun that zodi uses zodi yeah i I get tired of writing zodiac Uh, zodi yeah so coincidence I think not! That's right. Uh, three days later, we get another letter to the papers. Zodi puts in a piece of the dead so guy's funny. shirt with blood on it, proving it was him that killed this last dude. Uh, he says the cops would have found them if they would have actually searched the area. Burn. Then the end of the letter, Zodi threatens to kill kids getting off a school bus. Weren't they looking for a black male, though? They were looking for a black male, but then it was quickly corrected. Okay. Uh, this comes up later. And I'll mention that. But yeah, because that's what they all said. They're like, I thought we were looking for a black male. And they were like, no, we sent out a correction saying it was a, it, it's a white guy. So yeah. I, I I don't know how they mixed that up. It uh, is so crazy that, like, a, people saw that happen and they just... Yeah. Well, what's frustrating is if they could have got the call right in the first place, they could have stopped that guy right then. Yeah, right. They could have they found him. Well, didn't they say they thought that uh, he was there was a fight in the co- cab or something? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, probably. Pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Or maybe that's me confusing Sam again. No, that pr- probably was. Uh, David also says that they found a partial fingerprint of old boy. Uh, Robert pops up to Paul asking about the partial print. 
this kid seems weird. Something's up. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I kind of suspected old Robert. Uh, cause Robert was like drawing pictures of the Zodiac in his cartoons. No, he was just really obsessed with And telling Paul he thinks he's going to send another cipher. And Paul's like, yo, leave me alone. It was actually kind of funny. Uh, he did. He's like, seriously, leave me alone. Get away from my desk. <laughs> because, like, the way he was so interested about the partial print, I'm like, dude, is it your partial print? Is it you? You know? Uh, maybe. Maybe it was. Maybe that's maybe. why he was so obsessed yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it shows Robert watching his kids get on the school bus. Then he pulls his daughter off the school bus, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to drive her today. Yeah, I would, too. <laughs> uh, but they just talked about how they like, but they were just talking about how they haven't released the bus threat and how they need to go to the press with that. So they tell the press and then they open up a tip line at the police office. It shows David's partner. Uh, his name is Bill calling all these different stations, trying to like figure out everything and put everything together. And it's crazy because jurisdiction stuff made crimes so much harder to solve in that day. Like they still make things hard. To I solve. know, but it's crazy how like nothing was shared. Nothing. And it blows my mind. No, that's and, an issue that we hear about all the time. No, in crime yeah, stories for sure. It was in someone else's jurisdiction. Right. So they weren't even looking, but it, then it's worse. Cause like he's calling them and the one, per, the one County has like, this info that would be really useful and they're like all right can you fax that over and they're like oh we don't have a fax machine uh, and they're like okay well we'll have to mail it should be there in about three days and so crazy. like this is a this is a murder thing and you got to mail evidence like right. it just or whatever and so no one worked together and he's calling around all these different p departments and like one has like boot prints that can like match it to a specific kind of boot that are a size 10 and a half and it's a military boot that you can only buy using a military ID. Oh. So he, and like that's insane. Yeah. So if they could have had that from the start, you know? And uh so he's like compiling all this info which would have been nice to have from the start and David information that could have been should have been brought to my attention yesterday. Do you know uh, where that's from? Uh, wedding yep, singer? The wedding yeah, wedding singer. Yeah, <laughs> Good obviously. job. <laughs> yeah, I was very confident. Uh, David met with these two cops that saw the killer three minutes after that taxi murder, which is the last one I mentioned with Zodi putting the bloody bloody shirt piece on the letter, remember? Uh, and anyway, David's like, hey, did you stop and ask him about it? And they were like, no, we didn't think it was him. Because at first they thought it was a black guy, and that was right. before the correction. Yeah. And and we were all like, ah, man, we were so close. Like, it could have been done right there. So and that sucks. said we never solved it. Never. Uh, well, spoilers. Um, spoilers <laughs> to a crime 40 years ago. 50 spoilers years ago. Yeah. And we never got the Zodiac. One of the most famous unsolved cases in Some all of history. Some would say infamous. Thing. Yeah, right. Uh, back to the paper office place. Robert is bothering Paul again, and Paul calls it looming. He uh, looms around, I guess. Uh, he has these theories looking for similarities between the murders. So now Paul and Robert are, like, working on the case like detectives, and it shows the two actual detectives talking through it, trying to figure it out. And it's cool because it's one of those scenes where, like, two groups of people are having the same conversation and saying the same thing, but it bounces back and forth where, like, they're saying the same words, but it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, I really like those scenes because they're, like, so, like, <laughs> just, like, I don't know, so mapped and scripted well, and, like, they yeah. bounce off each other so well. It's so nice. Uh, and, but they, they all four realize at the exact same time that the Zodiac is trying to break his routine to throw them off. So he's committing different types of murders. Uh, now, David uh, David woke up 
because the Zodiac wants to talk to a TV show. So, and like this happened in like the middle of the night. So the police have to go and set up and wait for the Zodi to call. And I'm going to say before the show, before it shows me, but I like literally anyone could call right now. The, they were like the, the hosts are like, all right, audience. Hey, we'd really appreciate it if you guys would just like not call in so the Zodiac can call in and talk to us. Okay, so wait, we're just using the honor system on this right, one? Right, yeah. Like, uh, so that seems like rubbish. Uh, anyway, so they went up. He ends up calling, and he's all wheezy and stuff, and they're like, yo, can you, or can we call you something else? And he's like, you can call me Sam. Okay, it seems kind of weird. Uh, oh, maybe that's why I confuse him with Son of Sam, too. That is, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, they asked him <laughs> so if he's... So many reasons. Yeah, they asked him if he's sick, and he's like, yeah, kind of, my head hurts a lot. And What if that's why Son of Sam named himself Son of Sam? Because he knew all about the Zodiac stuff, and he did similar things to the Zodiac. He killed a bunch of people while they were in the cars. He killed couples. What if that's why he called himself Son of Sam? Um, I don't think... I have a new theory. I wouldn't... I, 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 I'm going to go ahead and say no, because I feel like all these serial killers want to be better than the other serial killer. So this, like, to me, the serial killers are so egotistical and narcissistic that they're they're not going to call themselves, like, Junior. Like, Zodiac Junior or Son of Zodiac. No, no, they're going to be their own thing. Like, I, yeah, but I just... he wasn't known as Sam. He was known as Zodiac. So maybe he was just, like, making a hint. What if Son of Sam and Zodiac were the same person? What if this part wasn't even real and it's just in the movie and they called him Sam? Do you know that he called into the TV show and said, call me Sam? Yeah. Oh, he did do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I don't think they're connected. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's like, yo, my head hurts a lot. And they're like, yo, man, you should go to a chiropractor. That's what I do. <laughs> Seriously, what he says. And Sam keeps saying he doesn't want to go to the jap. Sam keeps saying he doesn't want to go to the gas chamber. To the jazz chamber? Yeah, the jazz, the hashling and slasher. <laughs> my name on uh, Among Us is hashling and the one day my students were asking me, you play Among Us? What's your name? I said, hash slinging. And one of them looked at me and said, the hash ringing, <laughs> dinging, funny. flinging, the hash ringing, dinging. Right. Yes. Yep. And yeah. I said, yes, yep. the hash slinging slasher. There it is. Nice. Uh, anyway, so Sam's like, yo, I, don't, I just don't want the gas chamber. And, the, and like, wait, is that what capital punishment was back then? Probably. The gas chamber? Like, yeesh. That's, like, I guess I just assumed they went from... They went from hanging straight into frying them. You know what I mean? I just, no. I guess I didn't realize there was a capital punishment in the middle of that. Uh, he said he killed all those kids and they were going to use the gas chamber on him. And the TV people are like, hey, we can talk to the DA and get that thrown out if you just talk to us and tell us everything. Uh, and then there was like a loud scream. And it was kind of, kind of like scary. And they're like, hey, Sam, are you all right? And what was that noise? And he's like, what noise? And they're like, wait, what? No, like, we definitely heard something. And he goes, oh, no, that was that was just my headache yelling. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, wow, that's tough. Your headache? Yeah. And, uh, was he referring to, like... I don't know. And he's like, yo, my headache, I'm, I'm going to kill again because of the headache. And they're like, okay, well, let's make a plan to meet. We should meet. So he gave an address and was like, all right, let's meet here. And now we see like a parade of police cars going to the address that he gave. But they didn't, but like he didn't show up. 
And I wonder why. It's because there was, like, helicopters and everything. Of course he's not going to show up there. The call was actually traced to a mental hospital, so, like, that questions if it was real. Yeah. And the police brought in the guy from the lake that survived and had him listen to the call, and he said it wasn't him. So now that's up in the air. Right. All the police big shots and some big paper people like Paul are at this meeting where this fancy smancy looking fella reads the newest like cracked cipher from the Zodiac. And it was all about robbing or rubbing the cop's nose in his crimes. It was cracked? Yeah. Because they like cracked cracked a bunch of people. They were like easy to crack. Oh. Yeah. And But uh, then why didn't they ever crack the first one that was supposed to have his name? They did. I talked about that. They did. It just didn't have his name. Oh. That was the one I talked about where it was, he said it was just like fun killing people and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a, It just didn't have his identity. They cracked it. Oh. But then that also leaves the theories like, what if, what if they didn't crack the real cipher inside of the cipher and his name was really in there? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just leaves people well, down that what, rabbit like, hole. Well, Gary Stewart did right. he claimed. Saying it was his dad's name. Yeah. But, uh. Uh, anyway, so he's just, like, rubbing the cop's nose and everything, and he's just trying to make them look like fools. And in the end, he drew out a blueprint to a bomb with, uh, all the ingredients listed. Basically, Robert is right, guessing the way Zodi was going to do things. And Paul realizes that he might be able to help. So they go and have a drink. And, because basically, Paul just wants to pick his brain. Because Robert is kind of a weirdo, and he knows these things. But... He's figured out how to read the ciphers, and Paul wanted to know more about that. And he told him all about how he, like, rented these books from the library that helped him crack everything, and it was pretty easy. Um, now we fast forward a little bit, and it's Christmas time, and the man from the TV show was sent a letter by Zodi asking for help. So maybe the caller wasn't fake, I guess. Seems kind of weird. You know, yeah. I feel like they're calling it fake, and now, but also, they never caught the like guy, so did... that's probably how this really went. Yeah. I just feel like they. The media should have never let him get into the media. Like this should have right. never. Well, that's clearly to what he wanted. I, but they should have never let that happen. Right. No. Yeah. I feel like it just hurt the investigation. That's why they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it cuts to this woman driving, and a car just keeps honking at her till she finally pulls over. And this man comes to the window and says, "Hey, I didn't mean to scare you." But your right tire, your right rear tire is loose, and it could it could use some tightening up. And how does he know that just by driving? I don't know. Keen eyesight. Uh, but it seems like a ruse, and she lets him like a fool. Uh, he says, "Hey, it's done." Then she drives away. Also, turns out she has a baby in the car, so that adds a little suspense to this. And not surprising at all, her tire ends up falling off. Uh, he pulls up and says, hey, uh, I can give you a lift to the nearest service station. And she gets in his car and has her baby. And he's like, yo, I didn't know you had a baby. And he drives away. And he ends up looking at her and saying, I want you to know, before I kill you, I'm going to throw your baby out the window. Like, ugh, kind of chills, you know. Yeah. Uh, she ended up jumping out of the car and getting away with her and her baby, like, surviving. Good. Yeah, wild. Uh, it was crazy. Now we get another montage of Zodiac letters and stuff about killing and everything of that. Uh, Paul and Robert are drinking at a bar, and they're talking about how the paper has a new policy and will no longer be posting his letters. Well, because the, po- the police want to see what the what he'll do if the press stops. You know, hyping him, hyping him up a bit. Well, good. Essentially. They should have never right. 
done that in the first place. Agreed. Uh, they realize that the Zodiac is claiming murders that aren't his. He's claiming 13 murders at this point, but they can only confirm four of them. Because they, like... He Paul like read some stuff about how he's like claiming murders, but all the facts he says in the letter are the exact same facts that were in the paper article. Right. So there was nothing new that he would know yeah. that anyone else wouldn't. Uh, it's now October, and Paul was sent a Halloween card with a bloody shirt in it, and he starts freaking out because he's scared that uh, the Zodiac just threatened him. And David's like, well, you did call him a homo in your recent article. Because he, he called him a homo in his article. I don't know why he <laughs> thought he was very professional. Yeah, he called him a homo. For homosexual. you to write in your uh, right. article. And, uh, <laughs> so Paul went out to a gun range and got a gun. And Paul wanted Robert to stay and hang out with him, but Robert had a date. Like, good for you, weirdo. Oh, yeah, he had that hot date. And the fella needed it, let's be honest. He, he needed it. Uh, Paul didn't just want to hang out with Robert, though. He wanted Robert to go on an, an anonymous tip. And Robert was telling the date about this, and she was like, yo, that sounds kind of dangerous. And he's like, well, shit, you know what? It probably is dangerous, and I probably should have went with him. I'm going to go call him. And he's like, yeah, hey, uh, that's dumb and dangerous. But Robert wasn't. Paul wasn't home yet, and he talked to his wife. And so Robert goes to back to his home to wait for Paul to call him saying, hey, I'm safe, everything's fine. And she ends up going back to his home too and ended up being kind of a cool date, you know? <laughs> and it worked out. Because, like, she ends up... That was the girl from American Horror Story. She's in a hotel and she turned into a vampire. Right. Because uh, then it's funny because she ends up... He's like, yo, I got to go home and wait on the call for Paul so everything's okay. And she's like is this just some like thing to get me to go back to your house? And he's like, well, no, no, it's not. And she just looks at him and she's like, I'll go get the food to go. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, my man. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, but Paul ends up calling Robert and saying that there was a murder in 1966, four years prior to the first murders that they have that they believe is actually the F Zodiac's first murder. They think it was the Zodiac because he wrote the paper place um, in that county about the crime and he even sent the murder victim's parents and like the sister a letter to and that's something the Zodiac does okay. so that's why Paul is connecting this and this was all the way back in 66 and at this point we're in 1970 we get a scene now with Paul and David fighting and it's kind of funny because it's it's Hulk and Iron Man <laughs> you know what I mean and they're arguing and oh, uh, it's Hulk and big surprise yeah but it's funny too because Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio. So all three guys yeah, are in the MCU movies. Happen. That's funny. And that's kind of funny. Anyway, uh, it ends with Paul throwing out a sick burn. He says, it's been a year and a half. You're going to catch this fucking guy? Burn. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah, so they don't like each other now. We get yet another montage scene, but this one is people saying they are the Zodiac Killer. And there are people accusing other people of being the Zodiac Killer. And now it's eight and a half months later in 1971, and a guy went to the police and was like, hey, I went fishing with this dude one time, and he laid out this whole evil plan about killing all these people, and how he'd get away with it, and how he would call himself the Zodiac. Like, come on, man. He just laid out this whole plan. That seems kind of crazy. This guy's name is Lee. The creepy, I'm gonna tell random strangers my whole evil plan guy, that's Lee. They show the guy who is accusing Lee. They showed him. I don't I don't know what his name was. I don't remember his name. But they showed him uh, the Zodiac letters. And 
you know, his friends like, yeah, that could definitely be him because he misspells words on purpose thinking it's funny. Like, haha, so funny you spell like a dork. Um, at least <laughs> I don't mean to misspell my stuff. You know, I don't. Uh, I know there's a bunch of red squiggly lines, but I don't mean to do it. I just don't fix it. Uh, and they were like, okay, but what about the handwriting? Does it match? And he was like, well, no, not really. But he can write with both hands. He's ambidextrous. Got anything to say about that one? Ambited docs. <laughs> no, how to spell it. But I knew if that's what it was, I would know the word. So It says ambiden docs. <laughs> yeah, but Biden 2020. You see that? A-M-B-I-D-E-N-T-O-X. Ambidextrous. I didn't know how to spell it. I didn't have time. The movie was moving so fast. The movie was going so fast. Anyway. So fast. I'm not a typey person, okay? Ah, so, so now they think <laughs> that this is their man, the Imbidadox fella. Uh, they go to Lee's work. That's not even close to <laughs> it's, not, it's fine, though. I got it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so they go to Lee's work, and right off the bat, he looks fishy. Because earlier in the movie, the lake survivor dude said that the guy walked kind of like, like he had a bum leg or something. And this big dude, Lee, walked weird. Also, he was wearing a watch which is called a Zodiac, and its logo is the crosshair Zodiac symbol that he uses in all of his letters ooh, and stuff. Ooh, ooh, and also, he's wearing those special boots. Three big things right off the whip. Right. Also, he is played by the guy who was also in American Horror Story. He's in American Horror Story Freak Show, and he played the scary clown. There then you go. he was in uh, 1984, and he played American Horror Story Jingles. in 1984, and he was Mr. Jingles. Right. Uh, anyway, so this dude is super sus. Super uh, sus. He even said at one point that he isn't the Zodiac. And if he was, he wouldn't tell you. Like, like <laughs> That's what? That's not suspicious at all. Like, so, like, what? That was sketchy as hell. And so out of nowhere, though, they're talking to him. And out of nowhere, he goes, he said, hey, uh, the knives that are in my car, that's chicken blood, by the way, not human blood. Uh, again, what? <laughs> the cops looked at each other and they're like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, I just, I just didn't know if you guys were going to say something about those. <laughs> so he also told him that, uh, he loves the movie, the dangerous game, the most dangerous game, the most dangerous game, uh, and which he refers to a lot in his letters. Uh, Robert is actually the one who figured out that he kept referencing that movie. And uh, he ended with saying that one day he'll be happy when people don't refer to police as pigs. And in his letters, that's what he calls cops, is pigs. So again, super sus. The cop's handwriting expert says the writing doesn't match. And they can't get into his house because they can't get a warrant. And they need him... Oh. And they need to get into his house to get the writing with his opposite hand being his right hand because that's what they think will match, but they can't get in there without a warrant, and it's like this evil circle that they're screwed on. Uh, but they do know that he spells the same words wrong. Like they, uh, like the word Christmas was both spe- it was spelled like Christmas in both like Zodiac and his letters. So it's this guy. Anyway, meanwhile, Paul wrote the police saying he should head the investigation on the Zodiac and Paul is spiraling. He looks like trash and he's probably going to lose his job. He ends up leaving the Chronicle and going to some like random 
small journalist thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, back to the police. They finally get enough stuff together and people to say the right thing to get a warrant of Lee's trailer. Because the trailer is in a different county, they were like, that they were trying at first, so apparently this county is better and easier to get a warrant for. I don't really know, but like, it just seems like they had all the same information, but it's like all the people said just the right words to get a warrant. It was weird. Uh, I don't know. They go in this trailer and holy cow, it is gross. There's like rodents and bugs everywhere. And there's even squirrels all over the trailer. Like they opened up his fridge and there were squirrels in his fridge. Ew. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, they aren't wearing gloves. And I think that's weird. Um, I know like f- fingerprints like were a, like a lot less of a deal back then and stuff. But like, it's still weird. Plus, like, the place is super gross. So wear gloves. Like, there's squirrels yeah. and bugs everywhere. Just wear some freaking gloves. There's freaking squirrels living <laughs> in this trailer. Wear Wait, some gloves. I hate squirrels. They're going to get rabies. <laughs> rabies? I said rabies. I thought, you said, I thought you threw an M in there. <laughs> it uh, makes me think of whenever that episode of The Office and Daryl's feeding the squirrel. He's yeah. like, get away from it. He's like, look how happy he is. I gave him a nut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway... So they got writing from both hands, and they found weapons, but neither weapons or handwriting matched. So they are throwing it out. But I don't know, man. It it has to be him. It's got to be him. Everything fits so perfectly with that fella. Okay, so now we get a big jump. It jumps four years. Uh, Robert is still at the Chronicle, being a cartoonist still. And he welcomes this new guy who took Paul's place. Uh, so Paul's... It, He's gone. Paul's Paul's a gonzo. And David's partner is also leaving the department. And because he put in a transfer, he's like, I can't do this stuff anymore. So essentially, the Zodiac is wrecking lives. Uh, uh, Robert's doing well, though. He married that girl from earlier, and they had a baby. Plus, he already had two kids. Three kids. That's kind of a crowd. Uh, (laughs) But good on you, Robert. So Robert trucks down Paul, and Paul is doing pretty rough. He's drinking and doing drugs and all that stuff. And Robert says, with all of their info on the Zodiac, Paul Paul should write a book. He should be the one to take Paul and Robert's stuff and write a book. And maybe something will jog loose if they write everything down. And Paul basically just insults him with some Tony Stark wit, and he leaves. So that whole thing is not true. Uh, one thing that they really got wrong in the movie is, like, Paul Avery and... The stuff that with is him. what yeah i read that too that they um, got his stuff wrong yeah he i think he did leave the chronicle but he went on and had a really successful career after right. that he actually wrote about another kidnapping um of patty hurst and like wrote a book about that and moved on and did well for himself so like i know later in the movie it shows him like being a drunk and being on drugs and stuff and that's just not that right. part is not accurate. And he, even he went ha- on and like, had a good career. And he had a marriage, and he had a daughter and everything, and the movie doesn't show that either. Yeah. Um, but they do show him getting cancer and dying at the end. Spoilers. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so now we jump again. It is now 1977, and Robert goes to David and asks him about the case. And basically no one is working on it anymore. He says that the Zodiac hasn't wrote a letter in three years. And there's been over 200 murders in San Fran in that time period. Basically, no one cares anymore. But uh, Robert found a lead. He found that there's three code-breaking books that the Zodiac clearly got all of his codes from. You can match all of his stuff to just these three books. Wow. 
Plus, we know he was in the military. So Robert went to two military libraries where all three books were stolen from both places, meaning Zodi didn't want record of pulling these books out. David then gives Robert a name of a guy to contact in Napa. Because David... Because David isn't allowed to work on this case anymore. He's pulled off. And yeah. so he's like, Robert, I'm not telling you this. I'm not telling you to go talk to this guy named whatever, whatever in Napa. Not telling you to do that. That also Goodbye. makes me think of the Incredibles. Whenever right. he's taking it out. I'm and he's not like, telling I am you to not telling you to go yeah. see this person. Right. I wish I could help, but it's yeah. out of my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Start crying. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is when Robert reveals that he's an Eagle Scout. He actually did. And that's pretty impressive. Eagle Scouts takes a long time and some hard work and dedication to be an Eagle Scout. Yeah. Sam James was an Eagle Scout. I remember. Yeah, I helped him paint <laughs> I helped him paint the thing in Magnolia to help him earn his uh, Eagle badge. Oh. Because you wow. had to do a community service project. And did you get your Eagle badge too? No, but I helped him paint. It was a fun time. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's cool. Uh, he ends up being referred to a different person and finds himself in an evidence room and we get a Another montage. This time, it's a case study in montage. And it's all fun, and he's going crazy. <laughs> How many montages is that? Dude, there's seriously like six of them in this movie. Oh my god, that's yeah, crazy. It's pretty fun. Uh, he goes to David again, because he got yet another break. And David refers him to, again, someone else. Just like before. Robert is doing the dang thing, man. He is firing on all cylinders. Then he gets another good thing. And now David refers him to another dude, just like before, in the time before that. And Robert is making noise, because he's figuring things out. And he's mentioned in the paper about his knowledge and that he's working on a book. And he gets a call from this man who says he knows who the Zodiac is, and he gives a name, Rick Marshall. He said... Yeah, right, thank you. Uh, He said he even filmed himself killing people... Then Robert received a call, and it was just heavy breathing. That's Zodiac, our heavy breather. Oh, uh, wasn't his wife all concerned because she was, she was like, really pissed You're off? Putting our family in danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, Rick Marshall was in the Navy, and he is also into silent films. Very sus. <laughs> sus. Very sus. Uh, now it's 1978, and David gets a call from the Chronicles saying. They received a new Zodiac letter, and it mentions David. No! Right. Internal Affairs gets involved because they think David wrote the letter himself. David obviously isn't the Zodiac, but he was kicked out of homicide because they accused him of writing this letter. David ends up just yelling at Robert, telling him to stop, to drop everything. It's been too long, and what little anything they have can't get anyone arrested anymore. And man, that's true, because after all this period, all the evidence is going to be gone. And uh, Robert ends up finding a new letter in, like, his stuff, and he ended up going on TV and talking about it. And I know that seems, like, rushed and kind of out of nowhere, but it really was. He was, like, studying and doing all these things, and next thing you know, like, an untouched Zodiac letter popped out. And Yeah, it was kind of weird. Now he's spiraling. Him and his wife sleep in different beds, and it was kind of awkward because the one kid was like, Dad, why do you and Mom sleep in different beds? And, like, that's kind of awkward. And she's just, like, <laughs> always mad at him. Uh, well, she, he's putting their family in danger. Right. Well, he's trying to catch this guy. Anyway, uh, Robert means... Is that more important than his family? Well, with that tone, maybe. <gasps> uh, just kidding. Robert meets with a man who can help get info on... 
uh, Rick Marshall that he's looking for. And like a dang fool, he followed this man to his home. And he, and yeah. Robert mentions that he thinks it's Rick because they had a poster that Rick drew for a theater Rick worked at. And he worked at the theater with this guy that he's meeting right now. And the handwriting on the poster was the closest to the Zodiacs that they've ever had. And then the man goes, hey, uh, Rick didn't draw any of those posters. I drew all those posters. That's my handwriting you're looking at. And Robert just like stops and slowly folds up the paper or the poster <laughs> because like, oh crap. You know what I mean? Like, so this guy might be the Zodiac. So some of the info that this guy had that Robert needed was the dates that the theater showed the most dangerous game film. So after the poster thing, the man goes, well, come with me to the basement because that's where my records are and we can see when that film the film like aired and that's bad for robert because in the letter the zodiac mentions having a basement for nefarious reasons and that stuck out because in cali not many people have basements so that's kind of crazy and it's weird but Robert is far too into this thing to turn around now, so he follows him into the basement. While down there, the ceiling was creaking, like someone was definitely walking above them. That's weird. And Rob Rob asks if he lives alone, and the guy goes, yeah, I do. But something creepy is happening upstairs. And there was definitely new, two people there. And Robert runs out of there. And goes How home. How did he get out? Because the door was locked. Yeah, the, the dude guy came in and locked it. it. It was like a real creepy scene. I was just going to skip past it. Oh. Yeah, it was a real creepy scene. Like, they got the dates to the movie, and Robert, like, runs to the door, and he's, like, panicking, but the door was locked, and the dude, like, real creepy got real close to him and unlocked the door, and then Robert ran out of there. Why, why are they not looking at this guy more? Um. Well, now, honestly, no one's looking at anybody anymore. It's just him. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. What was that guy's name? Uh, Vaughn. Something. I don't know. I feel like uh, they should look more into him because his handwriting was basically a match. Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, so Robert runs out of there and goes home. And now he's saying, like, he thinks there could be two killers, which honestly makes sense to me um, because of the way the crimes were different. To me, it makes sense it could be two killers. Yeah. Uh, and he gets home and his wife took the kids and left. Oh. Deuces. Robert now meets with a woman named Linda. Uh, she's one of the earliest victims' sisters. Sister. She's just telling him about this dude who was just sitting, watching her sister at this party they had. It was a painting party. So they bought a new house, painting party, everybody comes, helps paint. But this dude just sat in the corner um, and didn't help why paint. Why did we not do that for our house? <laughs> I don't know. A painting party? Yeah. What? We should have done that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but like, I don't know. I we painted every room in th this house. We should have had a painting party. No, we had a father-in-law paint my house party. <laughs> You're right about so that. So it's different. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, this dude just like stared at the sister forever. It was real creepy. And her sister ends up telling her like, hey, this guy said he's killed someone before. You need to stay away from him. Mm. So, and then that, she ends up being killed. So sketchy. Like, look at that guy. Uh and turns out that that guy, his name was Lee. Ha! Huh. Yeah, his name was Lee. Like the dude who was the biggest suspect ever before. You know, that super sus dude with the knives and stuff? That guy. Uh, so Robert went back to the police and they threw him out saying the investigation was over. Uh, back at his 
back at his home, there's books and files everywhere, looking like the meme of Charlie Day, where he's like looking at the board with the crazy like red strings. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. But picture what like that meme, but like what the whole house would look like. That's what this dude's house looked like. All right, pretty crazy. A while ago, I mentioned it was Christmas time and that that man from the TV show was sent a letter. Remember what I'm talking about? Uh, his housekeeper actually spoke to the Zodiac on the phone. And that long time ago, he said, it's my birthday and I have to kill somebody because it's my birthday. Weird. And they spent a long time trying to find a murderer that could line up with a birthday. And Robert, but like, wait, how? You don't know this dude's birthday. So literally any one of these murders could have been this dude's birthday. Yeah. It's a, it just seemed weird that they, I don't know. But anyway, so... No, they could match it up to when he was out of town. Because whenever they called, the guy who... Like, the housekeeper answered the phone because the TV guy was out of town. Sure. So they knew, okay, it had to happen within this time frame that he was out of town. This murder happened right before Christmas while he was out of town. So they were able to say, oh, it had to be this day. That was the guy's birthday. Okay. So... Robert ends up finding this file that says Lee's birthday is December 18th, which lines up with a murder victim. So that's something. Uh, so he goes to David's house in the middle of the night, and he wakes him up to tell him that it's Lee. I, it's Lee. I found out. His birthday matches. Uh, it turns out he, Lee actually wrote David a letter. And now this is Lee writing him a letter, not as the Zodiac, but as Lee. He wrote David a letter saying he was sorry he, he said, I'm sorry, I'm not your man, and if I can help more, I just let me know, I can try to help. Uh, and it was written on a typewriter. Boom. Plus, you know how murders like, throw themselves into investigations and stuff, so yeah. that's something. Uh, it turns out they have a ton of evidence on Lee, but it's all circumstantial. Right. Crazy, because like, there is so much. And there was a time where Lee was in jail from 74 to 77, and there was no Zodiac letters in that time. Then when he's out, there's a Zodiac letter for the first time in, like, four years. Coincidence. I think not. There it is. David pretty much <laughs> says that we can't prove it, but finish the book. So he, like, looks at because, like, Robert's like, can we prove any of this? He says no, but he looks at him and says, finish the book. Basically saying, write the book, say it's Lee, and we might never be able to convict him, but we will all know it's Lee. Everybody will know this is our evidence. It's him. Uh, now, it's 1983, and Robert goes into a small hardware store, and he finds Lee working at this hardware store. And he walks... So he should turn around and leave? No. He walks up to the counter, and Lee asks, can I help you? And he says no. He just stares at him. And Lee Lee's face kind of sinks. Like, he's realizing... That Robert knows it's him. Like, the way he's looking at him, you can tell that Lee, it hits Lee like, he's looking, like, you can just see it on his face that he knows it's me. He know, Like, yeah. this means something. Um, and the reason this is anything is earlier in the movie, when Robert's first starting to, like, spiral, his wife asks him, you know, when will you stop? When will you be done with this? And he says, I'll be done when I can look the Zodiac in the eye and I can know it's him and that he can know that I found him. And that's what he did. He looked him in the eye, and once Lee realized why he was there, Robert just turned around and he left. Yet another time jump. 
It is now 1991, and we, we're in a California airport, and we see like a rack of uh, books, and it's actually Zodiac be- bestseller uh, books on the rack. So it looks like Robert finished his book. Um, a man in a suit who says he works for the police department shows a man who was, act- who was one of the survivors of the Zodiac uh, a picture of a lineup of people, and he asks him to pick one of these men who shot him and he's like hey man it's been 22 years i don't know if i could i don't know if i could picture it anymore then he looks and then he points right to lee no hesitation he knew as soon as he saw him and it turns out this is the kid from the july 4th uh murder oh and so the very one that the movie opened up with he's able to think he died that yeah that we thought was died this is how i knew he didn't die right here yeah because this is him what was his name I, I don't remember. Mar- Margo? Margo? Okay. Margo. Uh, but it's crazy because, yeah, he was like, yeah, dude, it's been 22 years. I don't know if I could point him out. And then he just knew. And he even said, he goes, he goes, this is, he goes, that's the man that killed her and tried to kill me. And, uh, and then, so that's the end of the movie. Uh, we get, we get like a text thing at the end that says after, uh, after that, that guy confirmed that that's who shot him. They were set to charge Lee with all the murders, but before the meeting took place, Lee had a fatal heart attack. Oh, no. But that's crazy because, like, the Zodiac was never found, but, like, they had enough now that they were going to charge Lee with the murders. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy to me. So I, I, so they found it. They found the Zodiac. So he's not, to me, he's not as, if this movie is as accurate as they say, it is 100% unequivocally that dude, I'm telling you. Um, well, the whole thing is... Hold on, let's... Hold okay. on. Let me finish with here with my fun facts, and then I'm done, and you can go on. So, fun facts. Uh, the only comment that the real Robert said after he saw the movie was, God, now I see why my wife divorced me. <laughs> and I think that's kind of funny. Uh, and then, Rene, you kind of touched on this earlier. The director decided to only depict the murder which they were surviving victims so he could make sure that everything was accurate as possible so he left out all the ones he couldn't like essentially verify every detail and i think that's pretty like shows how much that this movie is accurate you know what i mean you know what though i don't think that's true why not um because the whole um woman who like was in his car and sh- he said she's she says that he said he was gonna throw her baby out the window and stuff a lot of people believe that that wasn't the zodiac that did that um so like i i don't really know that i believe that he was making sure that everything was as accurate as possible because there was well, a lot of speculation that but, it wasn't the zodiac that did that but those people survived and if he thinks it's a zodiac then he still did his duty you know what i mean though right. if he thinks that's a zodiac those I, uh, the, the baby at the time wouldn't have known anything, but if that woman's still alive, then it still yeah. works, you know? So you say that without a doubt, it has to be Arthur Lee Allen. Without a doubt. The whole thing is that this movie was based on Robert Grayfield. Yeah, it's Graysmith. It's Graysmith. It's based on Robert Graysmith's book. Right. So, of course, it's going to be like that because that's who he found to be... Him, the guy 
But all of the evidence ba- that is against him is all circumstantial. They they ruled him out, actually, based on his fingerprints and his handwriting. But it was a partial print, and they didn't take care of fingerprints like they DNA. did now. Yeah, but they... But it was still, it was still like old and not correct though either. It was years later they tested that. They tested in two thousand four from DNA they found in nineteen seventy one, and you know what I mean. And it's not like because in the nineties you hear about how they like saved DNA from crime scenes, knowing that it would like be important as science progressed. In the early seventies they didn't do that, so they were lucky they had anything. And who knows how even accurate it could be. So I think even that is circumstantial but you are right there is no hard proof but to me there is so much circumstantial evidence that like come on man no way you're just this unlucky plus you know he i don't know i guess it doesn't really matter but he was like a pedophile and went to jail a couple times for touching kids he was a teacher lost his job for molesting kids he didn't kill kids it just i mean you're on a you're on a bumpy road there fella that's all i'm (laughs) saying you look real guilty So, um, they say that Brian Hartnell, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but, um, he was one of the survivors. Uh, he was stabbed multiple times, uh, with his, that was the one that was on the beach with his friend. The lake uh, one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cecilia Shepard. Um, he said that Finchel's recreation of that day was so spot on that he couldn't have scripted it better himself. The only incorrect detail that the movie showed was that they... They were not a romantic couple. They couple. They were just good friends. Um, other details that the movie gets right um, is the true story about the suspect, Arthur Lee Allen, wearing a watch with the Zodiac symbol on it, a police officer passing the Zodiac killer without knowing it was him until later on, uh, due to them thinking it was a black male instead of white male, and uh, the Zodiac killer mailing a piece of the taxi driver shirt all those were definitely things that were true that actually happened so much of what is presented in the movie is true um and it's what happened in real life there's only minor details that have been changed or dramatized zodiac tends to they they this movie tends to condense some of the things that happen in real life for example that story about the woman um she apparently uh told two different versions of that story. So she told the police one version of the story and then the Chronicle a different version, like a more dramatic version of the story. So some people speculate that that might not have even been the Zodiac who did that part. So the one with the baby. Hmm. I wonder why they think it was him anyway. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because... I don't know. I mean, there were how many other murders? I mean, he said well, in those years there was 200 or something. Right. Well, I mean, so it's what San Francisco. I'm sure yeah. there was plenty of deaths and murders. All right. So I'm going to go through a brief timeline of all of the Zodiac killings and everything that happened within the Zodiac case itself. Um, do you mention the one in 66? No. I'm so I'm just I'm curious to see if that is like a confirmed Zodiac because that was that one. It was like, oh, four years previously, there's a murder and the county that the murder happened in they don't think it's the zodiac but everyone else think it's the, thinks it's the zodiac so i was curious to see if they like if that was like one of the official part of the zodiac murders no it's not okay so it's not all right sorry to interrupt your time on it i just no, i wasn't fine. sure because the movie was like head on believing that that's it. They even pretty much used that area because Lee lived in that same. Lee lived like fifty yards away 
from that woman's house, according to the movie. And that was one of the reasons Robert was so head on. Oh, you no, no. This this timeline was from the actual San Francisco Chronicle website telling us what the timeline was, and it okay. did not include that uh, co-ed. 1966 slang. Okay. Um, so, I mean, maybe that was part of it, too. Or maybe... I mean, Arthur Lee Allen could have been a murderer, but not the Zodiac. You know what I mean? He could have yeah. killed that girl. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, it's not It's not technically connected to this. The first... What, what the San Francisco... What the San Francisco Chronicle calls the first... Murder was in Dece- on December 20th, 1968, and that was David Farday and Betty Lou Jensen who were shot and killed on Lake Herman Road. Betty Lou. That's such a 60s name. Yeah. Betty Lou. Then, so, I mean, that one is still before the July 4th murder, which right. is when they first start connecting it. Right. Well, but that's, and that's only, they only connect that because he called in and said, hey, I also murdered the kids last year. Okay. Right, right. So. So, um. That's July 4th, 1969. That was when Michael Mago, Magoo? Yeah. If I butcher these names, I'm sorry. Michael Magoo. Mago. I would say Mago, right? Yeah, I think so. Michael Mago and Darlene Farron are shot in Blue Rock Springs Park. Uh, Mago survives and Fernan dies. And Margot's the one who ends up identifying him in the end. Um. August 2nd, 1969, the Chronicle runs the cipher that came out with the first confirmed letter from the Zodiac, though he is not yet claiming himself that, or I'm sorry, calling himself that. The letter writer claims responsibility for those first two killers, or killings, and uh, the San Francisco Examiner and the Vallejo Vallejo Times Herald received similar letters with additions to the Chronicles Chronicles cipher. The combined ciphers are decoded to essentially reveal the writer's pleasure in writing or pleasure in killing and has become the only Zodiac cyphogram officially deciphered. Interesting. Uh, That Vallejo, the Vallejo County, they're the ones who had uh, the the boot print. Okay. So in 1927, or I'm sorry. 1927, Jesus. On September 27th, 1969, that's when Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard are stabbed repeatedly at Lake Berryessa. That's where Shepard Shepherd dies and Hartnell survives. This dude you know is what, not good I at killing. I know, that's killing. what I was just thinking, not too. Good at He's killing. not that great at killing people. For Not good at it. Yeah. So then it's October 11th, 1969, that the cab driver, Paul Stein, is shot to death. Man. In San Francisco. Not a lot of um, cool down. And the police at first report it as a robbery attempt. But that's when they get the um, T-shirt. Yeah, we touched the bloody T-shirt. We touched on that one a lot. Which was nineteen, or I mean, on October fifteenth, nineteen sixty-nine. Um, it runs the letter. The Chronicle runs the letter from Zodiac claiming credit for Stein's killing. The letter includes the bloody piece of Stein's shirt that we just talked about. Um, and the letter, the it's the first letter to the Chronicle in which the writer uses the name Zodiac. The name debuted in an earlier letter in eight, in August of nineteen sixty-nine to the examiner so he's writing to multiple newspapers not just the chronicle which is just crazy that he he wants that much media attention um and then october 22nd 1969 a man claiming to be the zodiac calls the oakland police department saying he wants to talk to prominent san francisco attorney melvin belly 
on the air on a TV talk show. Belly soon takes the call on the show and agrees to call the or to meet the caller in front of a shop in Dally City. The caller does not show, and the police determine he was not the Zodiac. So that whole thing, they say, no, that was not the Zodiac okay. who did that. November 12th, 1969, the Chronicle publishes a new cytogram, cryptogram, that's what the word is, cryptogram, uh, included with a letter from the Zodiac. He claims credit for two more murders, bringing the total to seven. But despite, despite this and later boasts, the police will eventually, or officially attribute only five killings to the Zodiac. So they're saying no, that he didn't do all of them. Right. It couldn't have been. December 27th, 1969, the police say a letter received by Belly from the Zodiac on December 20th is authentic. Please help me, I'm drowning. But he spelled drowning wrong. He spelled it like drowning with a D in, before the I-N-G. Uh, the letter says, the letter includes a piece of blood-sloaked cloth identified as belonging to Stein. So he included that in two different letters, which is weird. Um, and January 25th, 1970, San Francisco cab driver Charles Jarman is shot in Podesto, Pesadillo Heights, a few blocks from where Stein was killed. The yellow cab offers, which the company offers, a $1,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the Zodiac. The police determine that the Zodiac is not responsible for that death, though. Oh, Which okay. is just weird. Then on March 22nd, 1970, Kathleen Johns, who is 22, uh, she's driving with her newborn daughter on the highway uh, near Modesto when a driver flashes his headlights at them. She thinks something is wrong, so she pulls over. He tightens the nuts on her tire. He drives away. Anyway, that's the story of him him taking her and her jumping from the car. She drives around with them, or he drives around with them, apparently, for a couple hours in the car, which was crazy that it's a couple hours. But, um... She later identifies her kidnapper as a man depicted in the wanted poster as the Zodiac. Several weeks later, the Zodiac sends a letter to the Chronicle claiming credit for the incident, but the police never officially attribute the incident to the Zodiac. So they never thought that, yes, that was him. Now, on April 22nd, 1970, the Chronicle reports receiving another letter from the Zodiac. He claims to now have killed 10 people. The letter ends with, P.S. I hope you have fun trying to figure out who I killed. October 12th, 1970, the Chronicle receives reports receiving a postcard from the Zodiac with 13 holes punched out. He claims that his death tool is up to 13. The 27th of October, 1970, the Zodiac sends Chronicle crime reporter Paul Avery a Halloween card telling Avery, you are doomed. Dude, this guy is busy. In no, on November 16, 1970, the Chronicle runs a story pointing out similarities between the Zodiac killings and the 1966 murder uh, of the UC Riverside student Sherry, Bo, jo, Sherry Joe Bates, uh, the, but the police never confirmed Bates is a Zodiac victim. Then on March 16, 1971, the Chronicle reports that the Los Angeles Times has received a letter from the Zodiac who has been silent for five months. He now claims 17 victims and says the Bates murder was his doing. March 26, 1971, the Zodiac sends what becomes known as the Peak Through the Pines postcard to the Chronicle. Amateur sleuths think the card referred to the killing of Donna Lass, which was a nurse who went missing in South 
Lake Tallahoe in nine, September of 1970. She was never found and is not officially considered a Zodiac victim. I don't think that 1966 murder was him because he had no problem admitting to previous murders like beforehand and it feels like he just admitted that one simply because they mentioned it right someone so many of these things that he says that he, right. he did don't seem like they were him it feels like he just felt like he was being irrelevant so he wanted more no absolutely um then in december of 1971 the movie dirty harry loosely based on the zodiac killings comes out clint eastwood was the star he was the title character in that. Dirty Harry which, was about that? I know. That's why I included that, because I didn't know that Dirty what? Harry was about no, the Zodiac killing. Not that I know anything about the Dirty Harry. I know. Harry. I don't either, but I've heard of that, and I didn't realize it was about Zodiac. Um, that makes sense, though, because whenever Robert was, like, bugging David so much, like, trying to investigate this, Robert, like, was like, easy Dirty Harry. Like, he mentioned that. Oh. And so, but, like, that now that makes a lot more sense. Right, right. So then in January uh, thirty. On January 31st of 1974, we've jumped three years, um, the Chronicle is reporting that they received another letter from the Zodiac, and he claims 37 victims at that point. Holy crap. What was the last one he claimed? Like, seven, 31. 13? Oh. No, I'm sorry. He claimed uh, 17. Yeah, 17. In March Jesus. of 1971. Wow. So he said he did 20 murders in those three years. So Busy. then... April 26, 1978, that's four years now, the Chronicle reports it has received its first letter from the Zodiac since January of 1974. The Zodiac writes that San Francisco Police Inspector David Toshki, how do you say his last name? Toshki, yeah. Yeah, Toshki. I just felt like I was saying it wrong. Yeah. Is good, but I am smarter. And that was in the movie. Um, And he says to tell the Chronicle columnist Herb Kane, I am here. Some experts say the letter is a fake. Others say it's genuine. So that is where they thought that David wrote the letter. That was true. They thought he, they did think that he wrote the letter. That's a shame. Uh, yeah. So in 1987, the Chronicle cartoonist Robert Graysmith comes out with Zodiac, considered a definite history of the killer and his crimes. Graysmith followed up, follows up with the Zodiac Unmasked in 2002, in which he says with certainty that the late convicted child molester Arthur Lee Allen of Vallejo is the killer. Police to this day consider Allen a suspect. But he is considered the only suspect. Then, okay, so well, something I found interesting is then on May 4th in uh, 2018... Because of the stuff that happened with Golden State Killer and how they were able to catch him with, like, DNA searches and ancestry and stuff, they did that with the DNA that they had on file for the Zodiac, but they have yet to come up with anything. So, um, I think that's really interesting. Um, Well, go ahead. Because, also, because the DNA was decades old, and Lee was known to have other people lick his envelopes. That's weird. Why it is weird. But all I'm saying is they used the envelopes, like the licky part of envelopes, for the DNA for these testings. And Lee was known to have other people lick his envelopes. That's so weird. Which, that would be weird. If I was like, hey, hey, yo, will you lick this envelope for me? I just don't want to. If it's a, It feels gross on my tongue. You know what I mean? That's like, really weird. Lick your own envelope. You're a grown man. You know, licking your envelope. Anyway. All right. Well, then I was looking for suspects, and I came across this article that was from history.com that um, talked, there was like a um, specialist 
His name is Michael Butterfield, and he's a writer who has spent 20 years researching the case, and he runs a website called ZodiacKillerFacts.com. So um, he gave his take on some of the suspects, and um, some of them he ruled out and some of them he didn't. So I'm going to go over what he was saying about some of these suspects, because I think it's very interesting. Um, he had eight suspects in this article that he said could have been the killer. You're going to go over all eight. The first is Arthur Lee Allen. Um, there was a bunch of circumstantial evidence that was found in the movie, like the watch, uh, the Zodiac symbol. The um, boots matched. They say that he was identified by one of the survivors. Uh, he was a convicted convicted child molester. He, um, But... In 2002, a partial fingerprint was discovered on a stamp attached to one of the Zodiac Killer's letters, which included some DNA. The stamp did. Uh, the results of the test concluded that the DNA did not match Allen's. Uh, so Robert Graysmith was quick to note that the DNA was most likely compromised after 30 plus years in storage. So he got you too. I don't know. I just I, agree I, with that. I just feel like if it was him, they should. Why they? Why didn't they arrest him? Because it was all circumstantial. That, and that, I'm still, like, I get it. I get that, like, that would have never held up in court. I get it. But I think we can still all agree. I, I'm Like, I still think it's him. You might yeah. not be able to have the hard facts, but I'm sorry it was him. Um, Lawrence Kane was the next one. He was identified the, by the girl who jumped from the car. Uh, he worked in the same Lake Tahoe hotel as Donna Lass, who disappeared in 1970. Interesting. And uh, may have been another... Or, and th- that Donna Lash should have been, or could have been another Zodiac victim. Um, he served in the Naval Reserves, where he might have learned coding. And in 1962, car accident, in a 1962 car accident, he got a brain in- injury. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. He got a brain injury that could have compromised his ability to control urges. He was arrested for peeping in 1961 and for prowling in 1968. A retired police detective investigating the case in the 1980s claimed that Kane's name was embedded in one of the Zodiac's ciphers and that Darlene's sister, Linda, had identified a photo of Kane as the man she she said had bothered Darlene at a restaurant. The San Francisco police officer who probably saw the Zodiac moments after Stein's murder said Kane's photo was closer than any other likeness he had seen. Well, that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, I will say too, like the whole the boot thing, you can only get those boots at a navy or a military thing. Navy is part of the military. Yeah. And also, though, I'm I'm gonna disagree with the, his name in the cipher because I feel like it's been proven that you, you can, can essentially find anything, find in, that anything in that cipher. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you might have found that name, but I don't think that really. No, holds, I agree. I feel like holds you could too see much water. Anything in that, or you could find anything if you really wanted to. Right. Um. The next person is Ross Sullivan, and the 1966 murder of Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, California, uh, it had a lot of similarities to the Zodiac killings. Some people who worked at the Riverside City College Library near where Bates Hotel was found, or I'm sorry, (laughs) 
<laughs> near where Bates' body was found, said a co-worker, Ross Sullivan, had made them uncomfortable and disappeared for several days after the murder. Sullivan also sported a crew cut and glasses similar to the composite sketch of the Zodiac. He moved to Northern California in 1967 and was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Sullivan wore an army jacket and military-style boots like those that left footprints at the Lake Berryessa stabbings. Interesting. Zodiac buffs also note that his letters mention the Mikado by Gilbert and Sullivan, which could have been a reference to Sullivan's name. Huh. Um, so they think it could have been him. But you know what? He has more connections to that cherry... Joe Bates murder, and if we're saying that he did, like, that's not a Zodiac murder, then... Maybe he did that one. Maybe he just did that one. Okay, another person is Richard Marshall. Um, he suspected... Oh, that... He was in the movie. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't look more into that, because I feel like they looked so much into him, and they were like, no, it couldn't have been him, and just, like, left. Yeah. But, anyway, um, he was a ham radio operator and movie projectionist that lived in Riverside in 1966 and then later in San Francisco near where Stein was murdered. Visitors to his home told police they found him peculiar and that he had talked about finding something much more exciting than sex. Marshall liked what? old movies. Show me. Marshall liked old movies, including The Red Phantom, which was mentioned in a 1974 Zodiac letter. He lives in a basement apartment, which uh, basements also cited. He owned a typewriter and a teletype similar to those the Zodiac used. They both liked felt-tip pens and odd-sized paper. Um, but they ruled him out in... They they ruled him out because in a 1989 TV interview, Marshall conceded that that there were many similarities but denied being the Zodiac. So oh, because can't he be has him. Like, yeah, definitely can't be him. No, no, no. Um, one of the sheriffs, Ken Narlow, though, who pursued, pursued the case for a long time, said that he makes, Marshall makes good reading but not a very good suspect in my estimation. Huh. Um, he died in a nursing home in 2008. So. Um, but it's annoying with him, though, because in the movie, he was, like, investigating him. Like, Robert was, like, oh, like, leaning towards him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden just like jump to lee no i agree because i it watched just, parts jumped. of it i remember him being in that one house and i was like oh my gosh it's this guy yeah. and then but like, then, but then the, it's like nope he thought it was lee i was like wait but what? even in that house that wasn't rick marshall's house i know that was that, someone else's why did house? they look more into that guy because no, i would have looked creepy. at that guy but one of the guy one of the police people that robert got in touch with that david told him to get in touch with whenever he mentioned rick marshall to that police guy he looked at him and said you just named my favorite suspect in this case. So like even other people in the police department and detectives, they favored Rick Marshall as the guy. Yeah. Um, the next person is Richard Joukowsky edited a counterculture newspaper in San Francisco. And he had a former coworker who sent long rambling letters to law enforcement agencies, accusing him of being the Zodiac. Um, and he also said that Joukowsky invited him to engage in violent acts with him. Uh, the the accuser, who called himself Goldcatcher, appeared to disguise in disguise on an episode of History Channel's Mystery Quest in two thousand nine, and provided recordings of Jacobit. What did you call him? Joukowsky's Joukowsky's voice on the show. A police dispatcher who spoke to the Zodiac said she brought or she thought it was the same voice. Uh, researcher Thomas. Voigt also notes that Geik appears 
and part of the cipher. The Zodiac said contained his identity. Uh, but they ruled out him because Goldcatcher was a known conspiracy theorist with little credi- credibility. Um, he was described as a police or the San Francisco police inspector as one of the top three top Zodiac cooks. Um, when Narlo, the Napa detective, interviewed Gayowski. <laughs> what? What did I just, you call him? It went. This <laughs> Gajowski? <laughs> I just. <laughs> when Narlo the Nepo detective interviewed Gajowski, the journalist claimed that he was out of the country at the time of the 1968 murders in the Her- Lake Herman Road, uh, but he had lost his passport, so he couldn't prove it. The San Francisco and Napa police denied yeah. requests to compare the DNA sample um, with him, and then he died in 2004. Man, all these people would be dying. I know. Well, I mean, this was a long time ago. It's sad. We're never going to know who it was. Another person, Jack Terrence. Jack Terrence was suspected because his stepson claimed that he was the Zodiac. Um, his name is Dennis Kaufman, and Kaufman said that Terrence was a dead ringer for the composite sketch and claimed to have a stash of incriminating evidence, including a roll of film depicting possible victims in a bizarre hooded costume, like one that, that the Zodiac wore during the Lake Berryessa stabbings. On a 19... Or, I'm sorry... On a 2007 Discovery Channel documentary, the document examiner said Terrence's handwriting matched the Zodiac's. Um, law enforcement's ruled him out, though, um, because his evidence, they said Kaufman's evidence was nonsense. One photo showed a blob of color he claimed was Black Dahlia's victim, Elizabeth Short. Whoa. And the hooded costume that Kaufman produced was much cruder than what the victims described. Researchers also challenged the document examiner's credibility. She believed Terrence was also right, had also written the John Benet Ramsey ransom Whoa. note. Uh, and then Terrence died in Man, this dude's like the most nefarious homie of all time. Yeah, so I feel like Gosh. that handwriting expert definitely was not credible. Yeah, wow. For the Black Dahlia to Ramsey? Jeez. Uh, then there's Donald Lee Bjork, which I got excited because his last name was Bjork. It makes me think of... Ken. Yeah. Ken. Um, Maybe it's Bjork. I don't know, but I like Bjork. I'm going to call him Bjork. (laughs) Sorry if that's wrong, but whatever. He was, he must not have been a great guy. He was convicted, or he was, uh, suspected of being the Zodiac Killer. But anyway, uh, the hooded man who stabbed the couple in Lake Baressa said he had just escaped from prison... In Montana, according to Brian Hartnell. That was in the movie, too. Hartnell, who survived the attack. Uh, Researcher Kevin Robert Brooks developed a lengthy circumstantial case implicating Donald Lee Bjork, who was released in 1968 from Montana's Deer Lodge Penitentiary. Penitentiary. (laughs) (laughs) I can't type, but you can't talk. Penitentiary. How do you say that word? I I don't know. I don't type that. See, I would <laughs> I would have typed it like it sounded. Oh God! From from Deer Lodge Jail, mental after hospital, serving eleven years of a life sentence for killing a sheriff's deputy. They said that Bjork had talked about killing people to make them slaves in the afterlife, Thanks. as mentioned in the Zodiac letter. Brooks claimed the Halloween card sent to reporter Paul Avery depicted harsh conditions at the prism and that Boo on the inside referenced Bjork's name. What? How? <laughs> it must be like... Because they both start with boo- B? Or something. Boojuke. 
Buj. It's spelled B U J. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, what did I say? No. B U J. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bjork had been discharged from the army for mental health reasons. Brooks alleged that markings on some Zodiac envelopes spelled out Zodiac is a veteran with 4F, which is like, no, it didn't. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> Brooks also speculated that the Zodiac's signature crossed circle symbol was inspired by the helicopter landing pad in Fort Ord, California, where Bork had been stationed. Um, they ruled crossing. out Bjork, though, because his fingerprints did not match those believed to be the Zodiacs. A park ranger at Lake Barrett... Barriessa claimed Hartnell said the person or the prison was in Colorado, not Montana. Uh, and then Bjork was released just three days before the Zodiac's kill Lake Herman Road killings. Some research think he would have had difficulty traveling across three straight states in that time. Bjork was incarcerated during the Bates murder and other other early killings that may have been the Zodiacs. And then he died in 1993. Now, one and the last uh, suspect that I'm going to talk about that I find very interesting is Earl James or Earl Van Best Jr. There is a documentary that was on what was that on? We watched part of it. Oh, it was on Hulu. It was on yeah, but I thought they I thought it was on FX or something. It was a show on FX. Oh, I know. It was called The Most Dangerous Animal of All. And it was based on Gary Stewart's book that he wrote in 2014 where he says that his biological father Earl Van Best Jr. was the Zodiac. Um, Stewart said Best resembled the composite sketch of the Zodiac, lived in California at the time of the killings, was interested in ciphers, knew of sadism, and a Manson family member, and liked Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, Best also served time in prison for the statutory rape of Stewart's mother, and may have held a grudge against San Francisco Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who wrote a series of articles about the couple. Um, Stewart claimed that he found Best's initials in the Zodiac cipher. And a document examiner said the handwriting and Best's marriage certificate matched the Zodiacs. Although their fingerprints didn't match, a mark that could have been a scar was visible in Best's and those found in Stein's cab. So the fingerprints didn't exactly match, but they were saying that a scar could have. You know, you were talking about how this movie really made you think that it was that guy. Yeah. It really was the documentary. Arthur. Because we watched this documentary, too. It makes you think it's this guy. Yeah, right, right. Well, um, I listened to another podcast called True Crime Obsessed. I talked about that earlier. And they talked about this show. This They, like, did... Because they go through different documentaries and they recap them for you. And they're like a true crime comedy podcast. So they talked about this one and really talked about, like... The, the host, Patrick, really talked about how he totally bought this. Whenever this book came out and he read it, he was like, oh, yeah, 100%, this guy is the Zodiac Killer. No way it could be anybody else. It's him. But the more you dig into it, the more you realize, like, no, it couldn't have been him because of all the other things that say he did not do it. So um, despite, despite that, the uh, pub publicity that Stewart's book received, the experts quickly dismissed most of its claims. The method he used to crack the cipher was definitely questionable. Uh, the fingerprint mark was similar to the Zodiac's, only if it was reversed. So it was, like, not the way that it should have been. It was, like, a mirror image of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so it should, the scar should have been on the other side. 
facing the other way. Anyway, um, and the handwriting on the marriage certificate was the minister's, not Bess's. So uh, huh. it sounds to me like they need to look into that minister. <laughs> anyway, um, as for uh, Bess's resemblance to the composite sketch, Butterfield, who, you know, wrote the article and stuff, this this article with all these different suspects, he says that a crew cut and those horn-rimmed glasses was hardly a unique look in the 1960s. Right. Uh, then Bess died in 19. 19- 84. I would say, or I would recommend that documentary, though, because I feel like it was very interesting. Oh, it definitely makes you think. Um, and makes you think, like, oh, man, maybe that... I feel like it also makes me think, literally, the Zodiac could have been anyone. Yeah. And or that's terrifying. it could have been multiple people. Yeah. Part of me thinks that it was a lot of different people. Like, even the people who were writing letters, it could have been a lot of people that were writing right. letters. What if it wasn't even the killer who wrote those letters? Well, it made me think that it was that Rick Marshall and that that dude's house that Robert went to. Right. Like Vaughn or whatever. It could have been both of them working right, together, right, too. Right. Um, so, this movie is probably, like, the closest to yeah. the actual events of any movie that we've done so Definitely watch the movie. It's a long movie. Yeah. No, it's really good, though. And there's a lot of good people in it, like... Uh, Robert Downey and Jake Gyllenhaal and like Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo and everyone. There's a lot of people in Bruce this. Banner. <laughs> well, that that's the same person. But anyway, there's right. a lot of good actors in this. It was a good movie. You guys should all watch it. Watch and learn stuff about Zodiac because he's very interesting and um, it makes you think. Oh, I could solve this. <laughs> yeah, right. No, <laughs> I know who did it. I can figure it out. Watch the movie. Watch the documentary. Uh, I don't know. Messages, comment us. I want to know who you think because right. I think it's Lee. I think it has to be Lee. Who do you think it is? I don't know. Is? I what's feel your, like... What's your... What's right in this boob crack telling you who it is? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it could be anybody. Wow. I also feel like he was so... The Zodiac was... If he was really the one that was writing all these letters and stuff, he was so out in the open, like, oh, this is me, and so cocky. I feel like he would have... if he, Whenever he got caught, he would have done like the Son of Sam did, where he said, oh, what took you so long? Yeah, I think it was. Or something too. like that. But... That's not what happened whenever they, like, confronted Lee about it. Or well, he could have just not Allen. been ready. I feel like, yeah, but how was that guy ready? Like, I just, I feel like if they would have caught the Zodiac, he would have had something sly or crazy to say whenever they confronted him and asked him questions about it. I feel like he would have been like, you you got me or yeah. something. Like, I just want to know what that's like. I want to catch the Zodiac so I can say, like, what the heck were you thinking with this cipher? What does this mean? Yeah. Like, oh, he's long gone. Yeah, at this he point. probably is dead. No, but at the same time, I think with the son of Sam, he knew he was caught, like, for sure, red handed, caught. He had all the guns and stuff in his car. Whenever they talked to Lee, they didn't have anything. Yeah. So why are you going to give yourself up? Plus, like, he loved to rub their nose in it. You mean to tell me, like, they say they, they interviewed him and then they caught him 40 years later? You mean to tell me you would have been like, ha, to think you could have had me 30 years ago and you passed me up. You know what I'm saying? I think he would have loved to do that, too. I don't know. I uh, me will neither. Be, I, we're going to post pictures of some of the people in the movie and what they actually look like because, like, that guy who played Arthur Lee Allen was, like, huge. And I don't think he, he looked anything like the composite sketch. No. So, like, is that really what the real Arthur Re- Lee Allen looks like? Might have. Because, to me, he doesn't look anything like... Right, but like you said earlier, that composite sketch was a generic look 
that a bunch of people looked like in the 60s they could have been mixed yeah, out same way they thought saying, that murder like, was done yes, by a black guy yeah but the for, same you know thing is if you're saying that yes this is what the guy looks like and then the guy that you're saying did it looks nothing like him that well okay so who made that sketch because you know what i mean the per- the yeah. people who identified him had no problem being like oh dude that for sure did him it's not like they were like hey that's not the guy that it had to like be a mix of a bunch of them because yeah to yeah. I mean, it could have been the first two guys that survived that um, yeah. Mago and Hartnett, Hartnell. I bet that those are the ones that made the sketch. Probably. All right. Well, let's. Fin- this has been a long episode. Yes, uh, it has. <laughs> what is next? So uh, the next one, episode that we're going to do is called Fire in the Sky. It is a 1993 movie, and it is based on Aliens. Travis Walton's nav- book, now. The Walton Experience. Which describes an alleged extraterrestrial extraterrestrial abduction. So, we're getting into some aliens, which we have never done before. I'm very skeptical about alien stuff, too, so you're going to get me... I mean, like, I'm not naive enough to think that we are alone in the universe. But whenever people tell me stories about, like, alien abductions, I'm very skeptical about them. You don't believe in being probed? You don't believe that there's little anal probes in us? No. Oh, come on, dude. I don't believe that. Come on. Anyway, all right, so we will see you again on November 25th. We'll be that episode.